Psalm 104. We're going to read one verse, probably just a half a verse. Just to be honest, a half a verse of Psalm 104. And we'll read, uh, and I'll tell you what, let's just read it together. Is that to be okay? I think we can read this together. Let's read it together. The trees of the Lord are full of sap. Let's read that again. The trees of the Lord are full of sap. Heavenly Father, I thank you, Lord, this morning for your reading of the word. I pray, Lord, that we can get something from your word today. I pray, Lord, that you would help us walk us out of this place different than we walked into here because we've been in your presence. We have been filled with sap. And God, I pray, Lord, you would help us today. In Jesus' name we pray and all of God's people said, Amen. The Bible said the trees of the Lord are full of sap. Over there in Psalm 1 and verse 1 it said, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful, and then the next verse says, But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. And then this is what verse 3 said. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season, his leaf also shall wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. But the ungodly are not so. And that's what it says on and on. But over there in Psalm 1 it says, He, we, shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. Y'all remember that story over there where Jesus healed that blind man. And uh, he was regaining his sight. And they said, What do you see? And he said, I looked up and said, I saw men as trees walking. So in our text we can... We can relate the trees of the Lord to you and I, right? I think we've established that from the Word of God. I think we've established that we are the trees of the Lord. Now, that next phrase are full of sap. Now, if you and I are the trees of the Lord, then there's something that these trees are filled up with that makes them live, that makes them thrive, that makes them produce fruit, that makes them grow big and, and strong and their roots grow very, very deep. There's something on the inside of them that they are full of or supposed to be full of. This sap, now you're saying, hey, uh, I believe this sap is a picture and a type of the Holy Spirit of God. And I am Baptist, and this is a Baptist church, but this is one Baptist that believes in God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. The Father thought it, the Son bought it, the Holy Spirit wrote it, the Bible taught it, the devil fought it, but thank God I got it. Hallelujah. The Holy Spirit is not Casper the Friendly Ghost flying around with a bedsheet over him with two eye holes walking around. He is a somebody. The Holy Spirit of God is someone we use, or not someone we use, but he uses us. And that Bible tells us over there... Uh, um, but uh, this is what it says, and be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. 
Do you see the contrast? A fellow that is drunk with wine is no longer, have you ever heard this phrase? Oh, that's not really him. That's that wine talking. In other words, there's something else controlling his body. Well, in contrast, the Lord says, don't be drunk with wine, where's it excess? Don't be controlled by that, but be filled, be controlled with what? The Holy Spirit of God. So the trees of the Lord are supposed to be full of sap. Now, you say, preacher, what's the title of your sermon this morning? The title is, Don't Be a Sap Sucker. How many of y'all ever heard the term sap sucker? You get around some sap sucker and he'll suck all the joy out of you. You can be on cloud nine thankful for salvation. You get around a sap sucker, he'll drain you and your spiritual life. Don't look to your right, don't look to your left because they may be sitting there. A sap sucker. Don't be a sap sucker. That Bible says, uh, I believe, this is what I believe, I believe with all of my heart when you got saved, when I got saved, we got all, we got all of the Holy Spirit that we'll ever need. Now stay with me, stay with me. We got all the Holy Spirit we'll ever need. Have you ever watched a little baby uh, uh, when, they were, when they're born and they've got everything they'll ever need? But then they start learning how to use what they've got. They've got two hands. They just don't know how to use them yet. And there will come a time when they'll be able to hold a fork and they'll know that when they do this, your mouth is supposed to open. They didn't know that when they were born. They had the capability of doing it. They had all the resources to do it. They didn't know how to do it yet. So when you got saved, you got all the Holy Spirit you was ever going to need. But as we grow, as we get full of sap, we learn what we got. We know how to use what we got. Amen. And so the trees of the Lord are supposed to be full of of sap. Number one, I got three things I want to draw your attention to. Three things, three long things this morning. Tommy's the only one said, come on. <laughs> Number one, the sap heals the scars of the tree. The sap heals the scars of the tree. Scars happen to everybody. Everybody in this room, let me just help you. Everybody in this room has something wrong with them. Let me get over here. Everybody on this section has something wrong with them. Don't, y'all not, y'all not, y'all didn't get out of it. Everybody in this section has something wrong with them. Everybody has been faced with scars on the tree. But ladies and gentlemen, the study that I've done on the scars of the tree, when that tree is damaged, when that tree is hurt, the sap runs to the affected area. The sap runs to that area and makes it to where we can deal with the hurt. The sap heals the scars of the tree. Did you know what I found out in researching all of this? Sap heals the wounds caused by pests. Mm. 
Y'all come on the wrong Sunday. Hallelujah. The sap heals the wounds caused by pests. These little pests, these little um, uh, little bitty pine beetles that get under the skin of the tree. I'm trying to preach to you this morning. Uh, they get under the skin of the tree. They're little bitty, and you wouldn't think they would cause a lot of trouble, but them little bitty pests will cause a, a lot of trouble, and they will hinder the sap from flowing like it's supposed to. These pests will get you out of church. Do you know there are people out of church today, whether it's this church, whether it's another church down the road, there are people that don't go to church because of something very, very little and insignificant. A pest has done got them out of the church. Somebody, uh, they've listened to some gossip along the way. It's got them out of church. They've listened to some unpleasant feelings. that got them out of the church. It was something very small, something very insignificant. And that pest has got under the skin of that tree and has caused that tree to hinder the sap from flowing like it's supposed to. All churches have pests. Oh, don't look, don't, don't look around. All churches have pests. You can't get away from pests. <laughs> the pest, uh, what I've understood, they get under the bark of the tree. Uh, and uh, when that pest gets under the bark of the tree, uh, it sends a signal to the root system uh, and says, Hey, we need some sap up here real quick. That's why you need to stay in church. That's why your roots of the tree need to be grown real deep. Because if you're a very shallow Christian, every time the wind blows, you're going to knock down and fall out and be out. And we won't ever see you ever again. But it's the Christians that have deep roots, uh, roots in the ground to where it don't matter if a storm comes. That tree is planted by the rivers of water. His leaf shall not wither. His uh, uh, shall not prosper. And whatever he, amen, hallelujah. Done forgot the verse. But you know it. Pest gets under. And this pest will attack. And the sap will assist. It will assist and it will come to your rescue. Something saw, something uh, small that turns into a big, big problem. Don't let small things turn into a big problem. Don't let some small get you out of church. Don't let a pest get you out. Don't let a pest get under your skin. And if it does, you call for some sap help. And stay away from sap suckers. Hallelujah. Now the sap heals the scars of the trees that is caused by pest. But number two, the sap heals the wounds caused by pollution. Not only pests, but pollution. You say, preacher, sometimes uh, something can get in that tree. And ladies and gentlemen, everybody in here, including this preacher, we deal with sin on a daily basis. That sin, that pollution can get into that tree and affect that tree and cause it uh, to hinder its growth, to hinder its fruit bearing. 
to hinder it getting bigger and bigger and the root system going deeper and deeper, that pollution. And ladies and gentlemen, when that pollution gets in, ladies and gentlemen, it should be this way. When I got saved, by God's marvelous grace, the Holy Spirit convicted my heart and said I need to be saved. But listen, after you get saved, conviction shouldn't ever leave. I'll take it. When, when working in the, in the court system, we used to have, rerun that metal detector. And before you come in the courtroom, you would have to go through the metal detector. And that metal detector would beep, beep, beep. And you have to back up, empty your pockets, get everything out of your pockets, you know, all that kind of stuff. Go back through. Beep, beep, beep. All right, something on you. There's something on you. You've got to come clean. Something's on you. Come clean. Well, the Holy Spirit, when you get saved, is a metal detector on the inside of you. And the first time you sinned after you got saved, something went, beep, 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 come clean. Cough it up. Cough it up. Cough it up. And Christians, sometime, they're going to have to cough it up, get clean, come clean. And that Holy Spirit won't bug you. That metal detector won't bug you if you're clean. But when you get pollution in the tree, that, that, that indwelt metal detector, Something that's supposed to detect when something ain't right. I, I've heard many, many testimonies. They, I'm talking about people. I'm talking about ugly language and this, that, and the other. And all of a sudden they get saved. And guess what? When something happens, all of a sudden, I mean, if you've been cussing for 30 years, and then after you get saved, all of a sudden when something happens, the first thing you revert to is one of those letters, one of those words pop up in your head, right? But I had a fellow tell me one time, he said, man, something was different this time. When I let that word slip this time, something went beep, 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 beep. It didn't do that before, but this time it bugged me. Something was under my skin of the tree and it bothered me and I wanted to get right. Yeah. Hey, this sap heals the scars of the tree caused by pests, caused by pollution now let me get to this one the sap heals the wounds caused from pest pollution and pruning oh have you ever been pruned uh, now some folks look like they need to be uh, have a, a good glass of prune juice but I ain't talking about that I'm talking about pruning a pruning a cutting away this sap heals the wound. Sometimes a, a man that owns an orchard, he would go through there and, and he would see this apple tree, this peach uh, orchard tree, and, and he would say, you know what? This tree is getting too big, too fast, and what I'm going to do, I'm going to cut some of these limbs. I'm going to bring it down to size. Sometimes we get too big for our britches. And God says, let me just trim that tree on back just a little bit. And you're going, God, you're about to kill me. That hurts. Stop it. Quit. He says, if you'll just let me prune next year, you'll get bigger because you endured the pruning. 
Some of you ladies that do rose bushes and all of that, they say, you know, every so often you need to cut them jokers back and you look at them and they're cut all the way back and you're gone. There's a never a rose ever going to be uh, come forth from that little thing again. And all of a sudden that thing will grow bigger and bigger and bigger. Why? Because of the pruning process. Listen, God will cut away stuff in your life that don't need to be there. God will start cutting off stuff that don't need to be in your life. Sometimes he'll cut people out that don't need to be in your life. Sometimes he'll cut them pest out. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes, hey, he cuts away things that don't need to be there. Caused by pest, caused by pollution, caused by pruning. And that person, that vineyard owner would go into there and he would downsize. Trees, sometimes they get too big. And he knows when we get too big and we need to be brought down to size. Pride gets in the way. Attitude, a critical spirit, jealousy, greed. And God says, let me cut a little bit of that off. Sometimes people, they, their lives look like they're falling apart and they're shattered in a million pieces. But it may be that the hand of God is on them and making them better by cutting some of the unwanted stuff. Amen. Sap will always show up. Anytime you cut a limb off and you start pruning, there's a signal that's sent down to the root system that says, hey, need some sap up here. Need some sap up here real quick. Sometimes sitting in church after a good pruning and God's done work in your heart and life and man, you're just like, man, all of a sudden and we start singing some of the songs and I'm going that way and the sap starts running. A sap starts going to that affected section of the section of that tree, and sometimes that sap will start oozing. You ever seen sap start oozing out of people? It, like this. Woo! And sap starts leaking. Especially if you got a good clean white shirt. Don't you got to stay away from them people? They get sap all over you. I mean, you ever, listen, you ever been in church and you leave and, boy, you're excited. You're on cloud nine and somebody sees you uh, uh, down the road at the restaurant and you say, man, where in the world you been? I mean, what's the world got a hold of you? I said, man, I done, I done been down there at Christ Church Baptist Fellowship. They got sap all over me. I done there. They got sap all over me and I can't. How many of y'all ever tried to get sap off? It won't come off. The Holy Spirit of God, once you get it on you, it ain't coming off. Goo gone, won't get it off. That sap, when it gets on there, son, it's on there. Oh, yes, the sap. The sap heals uh, the wounds caused by pests, caused by pollution, caused by pruning. But let me give you my second point real quick. My second point is this. The sap holds not only the scars or heals the scars, but number two, the sap holds the strength. It heals the scars, but it holds the strength of the tree. You ever notice this? Some of you guys from the country know what I'm talking about. Have you ever seen them use a tree for a fence post? They come, they're, put, they're building a fence along the way, and they come, and a tree's in the way. Well, instead of putting the, they'll just they'll attach that 
fence to that tree and make a post out of that tree and just keep on going. Y'all know what I'm talking about? And, the, and they, what they do, they take a nail, whatever they attach that thing to, staples, whatever, and they drive a nail into that piece of wood to hold the fencing or whatever, and it, and it causes a knot in that tree. And the sap rushes up to that wounded area. Now stay with me right here. Rushes up to that wounded area. And I don't know about y'all. Now I know. Y'all look at my hands. Y'all look say, man, that preacher ain't never done a day's work in his life. <laughs> but I have chopped wood before. I have chopped wood before. And you can't ask Linda that. She will tell the truth. We did have a wood-burning stove, and my dad said, get out there. We need enough wood for some subject. I'd get out there, stick that wood up there, and get that thing, pop, and you get a crack there, right? And you keep it, bust open. And if you want some kindling, you keep doing it and get it real small. You with me? I do know what I'm talking about. But if you ever pull up one and that thing's got a knot in it, it'll break your hand before you split that wood. Why? Because something that's been wounded and that sap comes around it, it becomes stronger than it becomes stronger than it was before. The sap makes it stronger. The tree, I'm talking about you hit one's got a knot in it, that thing will bounce back and I mean you why? That thing is strong where it's been wounded. The sap holds the strength of that tree. That sap makes that tree stronger than it was before. I mean, you'll break a hydraulic splitter trying to get a knot out of one of them. It holds the strength of the tree. Now, let me say this. The tree uh, starts dying. I don't know if y'all have ever seen but in big trees, they'll start dying in the top of the tree. Them trees start dying and the limbs are no longer green anymore. Now they done turn brown and brittle. Y'all know why? Because sap ain't getting up there. Sap ain't getting all the way up there. And so when the wind blows, it'll blow them limbs out because they're dead. They don't have any sap going to them. You can walk up to that tree. Y'all know what I'm talking about. You can walk up to that tree and just, if you could reach it, and just tear them, it, it snap. They come off, right? But if you had a limb that still was green, <laughs> it's like rubber. You, you, you ain't getting it off just by your hands. Why? There's sap up in there. The sap holds the strength of that tree. Now, the strength is not in your size. Now, some of you look at Christ Church right here, Baptist Fellowship, and you look and say, boy, we're just so small and this, that, and the other. But look, the strength is not in the size. It's in the sap. If we got sap out here, it don't matter how big the building is. As long as you got sap flowing Hey, I bet, look, I have preached in some big churches. I'm not bragging. I'm just saying I've preached in some big churches. And guess what? After the first two songs and after the first three or four sentences I start preaching, I can tell you right then, it don't matter how big the tree is, uh, you can tell when the sap ain't flowing all the way up to the top. I'm talking about when somebody says, amen, and, and, and everybody in the pew goes, 
When, <laughs> when somebody says, hallelujah, who said that? <laughs> so, somebody told me one time, I said, now we can't come to your church. Y'all are too vocal. When you come to church, you're supposed to be quiet and reserved. And I said, look, you, you ain't looking for a church. You're looking for the funeral home where there ain't no sap flowing. When you get somewhere where there's some sap flowing, hey, it doesn't matter. Did you know, did you know that a small church like this, in the, in the eyes of the big scheme of things, in God's eyes, can be bigger than any building you can have? Why? Because the strength is not in the size, it's in the sap. Be ye filled with the Spirit. And that's what it's talking about. It's talking about the strength. Now, let me give this illustration. Let me give this illustration. They did a study, and they put uh, these botanists, I think that's what they're called, uh, botanists, and, uh, and they, they, do the, uh, uh, they do all these studies on uh, trees and plants and all this kind of stuff. And they planted these trees in a perfect environment. Now, y'all stay with me right here and get it. They planted trees in a perfect environment, a greenhouse effect. They had just the right amount of sunlight. They had just the right amount of uh, water. They had just the amount of right of food and all the nutrients and everything. And they noticed this. They said there was something wrong because once them trees got to a certain size, they started dying out in the top. And it, and it was like, well, why? I mean, it can't be because this tree's been raised in a perfect environment. Why is there no sap going all the way up to the top? And this is what they come to find out. A tree can't survive and grow real big if it don't experience storms every now and then. Because what happens is when the wind, Tommy, when that wind comes in the top of them trees and bends them limbs over, it causes cracks and things in that limb, and it sends a signal down there and says, hey, we need some sap up here real quick. Y'all send some sap up here real quick. We're going through a storm. Lord, we need you now more than ever before. We need some Holy Spirit up here real quick. I'm going through something. I need some help. And that Holy Spirit will run right up there and fix that and heal the scars. It'll hold the strength of that tree. And that's what they found out. Listen, Christian, if you've been in a perfect environment all your life, you're only going to grow so big. You're going to have to experience some wind blowing every now and then. You're going to have to experience some, some storms in your life every now and then for that sap to be flowing freely. All the way up to the top. The trees of the Lord are full of what? Sap. Greenhouse. Perfect environment. The closer we get to God, the, let me just put it this way. We are the closest to God. Would y'all not agree with this? Let me see if y'all would agree with this statement. We are closer to God in storms than we are in the calm. You know why? Because the sap's flowing. And there's a storm. When everything's going just right, everything's fine, we're kicked back in the recliner, everything's good, all the bills are paid, uh, we don't need as much sap. But oh, when the storm starts blowing, man, we got to have some sap flowing somewhere. And stay away from them sap suckers. Now, let me get right here. Let me get right here. 
The sap heals the scars of the tree. Number two, it holds the strength of the tree. And then number three, the sap helps the substance of the tree. The sap is what bears fruit. Brings fruit to the surface. An apple tree, when it's planted, the apples are already in that seed, already there. But it's the sap that pushes them through that tree and out of them limbs and onto the end of them leaves. And that sap pushes the fruit out. Naturally. It, it does it naturally. It, 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 you, don't have to send it, you don't have to send an apple tree to sap school. You don't have to send an apple tree to fruit bearing school. It does it automatically. And let me say this, Christians ought to produce fruit automatically. We, we, we shouldn't have to send our whole church to fruit-bearing classes. Amen. Can I just say this in a room full of adults, I believe? When a couple gets married, you don't have to send them to class. They figure that out. It comes natural, and they produce fruit. Y'all with me? A Christian should produce other Christians by the sap pushing through those limbs and making fruit come forth. Fruit of a Christian is other Christians. A church that has, you know what, you know what gives me more hope than anything else? Yes, the Lord Jesus Christ is our only hope. Yes, I got it. But you know when I pull that little church out? And some Sundays is more than others, but I'm telling you, all them kids coming up here, you know what that is? That's fruit of this church. That's fruit. And that lets me know there's life. There's sap flowing. There's some sap flowing. Why? Because there's fruit being produced and, and, and pushing forth. And, and, and every Sunday, just about, we got new people that just wander in and just checking things out and, and all this kind of stuff. Why? It, it just, if you got sap, the main thing for this church, don't worry about the empty seat next to you. Just be sappy. Just be real sappy. Just be oozing with sap, and people will come watch the fruit. You don't have to put. You don't have to bring in a clown show. We don't have to bring in all this lights and camera and action. And all this. A lot of them churches have to do that to keep people. But if you do that, if you hand out suckers one Sunday to everybody, then you got to give TVs out the next Sunday to keep them coming. And then after they wear out on TV, then you next Sunday you got to give a bicycle away to keep them coming. And then the next time you got to have do this and you got to do that, all these gimmicks. And if you'll come next Sunday, you're going to see the preacher fall, swallow a goldfish. And boy, everybody, whoo, we're going to see that. <laughs> Fill the building. We can do all the gimmicks and all of that. But ladies and gentlemen, if you ever get people hooked on sap they'll come whether you give a bike away whether you don't give a bike away they'll come whether you swallow a goldfish whether you don't swallow a goldfish why because it's if the sap runs through that tree and produces the fruit i'll give you this illustration 
uh, well, let me go to this verse first. You say, preacher, what kind of fruit I'm supposed to be producing? All right. The, but the fruit of the Spirit is what? Love. Did you know when you get saved and you get full of sap, you'll start loving people you never thought you ever could love? <laughs> you say, man, I'll never, I'll never be able to love them. And all of a sudden, there's sap. And you're like, you know what? Even though I don't like them people, I love them. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering. How long-suffering are you? Do you fly off the handle just real quick? Want to give somebody the five delicious flavors? Are you long-suffering? That's a fruit that's pushing out. We ain't got time preaching on all them. But look, hey, that's the fruit that ought to be producing and coming forth. Uh, Jesus went to one tree, and I'm, I'm, I'm close, bring it down close. He went to that one tree, and the tree had no fruit. He had no fruit. So what we need to do? They said, well, we need to dig about it and dung it, put fertilizer on it. We got to dig it, get it to get it start growing, producing fruit. Is there something wrong in the roots? A lot of people concentrate on the leaves. And I'll be honest, folks, I've, seen, I've been in a lot of churches. And I've seen people, look, I've seen people shout. I'm talking about run around, jump three rows. I mean, swing off the fans and the chandeliers. And boy, I'm telling you what, and walk out them doors and live like the devil. Why? Because everything was on them leaves. It's all a show on outside. I want to know what them roots look like. I want to know how far them roots go. Hallelujah. We want good-looking leaves, but you'll never have good-looking leaves if you don't get them roots down. It holds the strength of the tree. It holds uh, or uh, heals the scars of the tree, and it helps the substance of the tree. Now, here I'm going to get into my illustration now. We went one time, and, 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 and folks that are from Lake County, you know uh, Boyettes. I'm telling you, how many of y'all love Boyettes? We could just have it head bowed, every eye closed right now, and go to Boyettes right now. And feel sappy about it. That country ham. Somebody give me a witness right there. Country ham. I'm talking about the saltier the better. Can somebody say amen right there? I'm talking about keep, keep the sweet tea coming and keep the unlimited country ham coming. Hallelujah. So preacher sometime, one time, I can't remember where it was out of town, this preacher kept on bragging. He said, man, if you love country ham, this place right here, this place right here has got it. We're going Monday night. We, Monday night before revival starts. We're going, I'm taking you Monday night. I mean, I got, I'm telling you, all day long, my mouth was watered. And I didn't eat. I didn't eat. I didn't eat all day. I was like, man, I'm fixing to load up. If this guy says this country ham is better than Real Foot Lake, I'm going to give my offering back. <laughs> if it's that good. And I get in the car. He comes by, picks me up. We get getting ready, going down there. And notice when we pulled up on the parking lot, there wasn't no cars in the parking lot. I looked at the preacher, you know, I, the spirit of slap is coming up in my hand, you know. <laughs> and and I'm, I'm saying, well, it must not be that good. We'll pull up and there's a sign on the door that says closed on Mondays. Wow. 
<laughs> that wasn't a good sermon that night. I wasn't real sappy that night. I done been hurt. <laughs> I needed healing. I was disappointed. Now let me say this. Close it right here. How many times does the Lord come to our tree? And there's a sign on it that says, Close, we have no fruit. Don't have no fruit. The Lord comes looking for fruit and he comes to our tree and we have no fruit. I wonder if the Lord's disappointed with what he finds. Or is he pleased with what he finds? The trees of the Lord are full of sap. Heavenly Father, I pray right now you'd be pleased with what you find. 